Do I need to shut my door real quick? Okay. Let me do okay. that. All right. I am ready. <laughs> you can do mouth, no- mouth noises since it is not here. You should just do that as he comes as he comes back. <laughs> as he comes back, I'll. I know the sound that you're making because I can see it. <laughs> but I couldn't hear it. <laughs> I, I was like just waiting for you to come on. <laughs> I was waiting for you and then you just so looked ridiculous. at me and I was like, put the headphones on. Oh, my jaw's hurting. That needs to be a blooper. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you're weird. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> When Shelly's away. <laughs> What's going on, Geeks? You listen to episode 115 of Geeks Under Race Podcast. My name is Cody Armour. I'm here with Joe Morgan. Gadzooks. I thought you were going to do like the Yahoo thing, like the old Yahoo commercials. Yahoo. Gadzooks. <laughs> oh, you did that way better than me. And LJ Lowry. Yo, what's up, everybody? Uh, Shelly, I don't know what Shelly's doing. She's not here. <laughs> she gave us an ex- she gave us a reason. I just don't know what it is. I don't remember. She didn't just not show up. <laughs> I'm just really bad at paying attention. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Shelly. <laughs> I wanted to come up with something clever, but I can't remember anything. <laughs> That's all good. And today, we're going to have a wonderful podcast. I feel so cliche when I say that, but I mean, it's going to be really good. Final Fantasy XV has uh, finally got that pocket edition thing we've all been craving for. We have a release date for it. Stay tuned. Nope. Uh, the Dundee movie, we got some details on that, and we have some thoughts about it as well. And we're getting uh, more Stranger Things news, which is always exciting. It's weird. It's strange. <laughs> yeah. But first, special shout outs to Scott Phillips and Jordan Garner. They are a couple of the Patreons at patreon.com slash Grace. Uh, we love you. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much for donating uh, because it it really helps us out. Speaking of, maybe you're someone who is like, I can't donate monthly. This is just not possible. Totally okay. We have the pledge drive coming up March 1st. I was actually about to put that in my geeking out list before you mentioned it. You were on the ball there. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite times of year. Uh, I think all three of us, it's just, it's brought memories into our lives that we'll probably stick with forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so much fun. And even if you can't donate to it, uh, please come hang out with us. We're going to play video games for 72 hours straight at twitch.tv slash Grace on March 1st. Uh, and you can just keep us company. It makes it so much easier for us. But it's really an amazing thing to me that it's a pledge drive, but it's not something that anyone dreads. <laughs> nobody goes yeah. and it's like i've been telling people drive. that you know if you you know if you can't support us you know financially um you know or if you can't make it you know share our stuff share our articles you know share our content on your social media platforms and you know yeah, show, show support that way i mean if, if you have one friend on facebook uh you're telling that one friend about this who may not have heard about it so uh, it helps us out legitimately uh yeah I just wanted to mention that because I'm super, super excited for it. Yeah. Um, it's been fun putting it together. Yeah. So much fun. My my favorite memory, and I'm going to bring this up really quick because I know it's one of Joe's favorite too, uh, was when Joe got to pray for somebody during the middle of a stream that had just like popped into the chat and was legitimately yeah. curious about what we were doing and he said, you're, you're the praying kind of Christians? <laughs> yeah. And Joe was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I wanted to be like, like, what other kind is there? <laughs> right? He was like, well, can you pray for me? Uh, it was so, yeah, so cool. It was cool. We're, um, it was awesome because a lot of people were in there. It was like prime time and everything. It was yeah. It was very popular. It was like the, the stream started like t- uh, 8 p.m. and it was like 10.30. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we so, had a lot of people still in there rocking and rolling. We get deep, we get into prayer, we 
get into a lot of laughs. Yeah. Uh, last year we ate. I I ate a habanero dipped in ghost chili salsa. Um, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I drink, uh, but I had hot done sauce. it. I had done it fairly re- uh, recently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, it's, not willing it's a to blast. do it again. Speaking of, come check it out. I'm come mess with us. I'm actually gonna try something like that again this year. Uh, there's the uh, I think it's called the two times ramen challenge or whatever. Oh, the hot rump spicy yes. rump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm to- okay. I'm totally gonna do that this year. As long as it's not a Tide Pod challenge. No, totally okay no, no, no. We don't. <laughs> Yeah. Hashtag don't try this uh, at home. Um, yeah, we're not we're not doing any Tide Pod. <laughs> yeah, sorry no, folks. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> yes, as if it's got to be edible, legit food now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna be doing that. Probably. What was the last year's criteria? Fifteen hundred dollars. Whenever we ate the or whenever we did the hot stuff. I think so. So I'll yeah, I'll keep it there. Towards the end of the. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into some Twitter discussion. We got quite a few questions this week, which is always exciting. Uh, first one is from Jake Wilkerson. Jason. What music have you been geeking out to lately? It's from Jason Wilkerson. I said Jake. Oh, is it, was his name Jake on Twitter? Did I say Jake? You said Jake. You said I Jake. Just, I just can't read. That's all. <laughs> hey, Jason. How's it going? Oh. <laughs> uh, what music have you been geeking out, geeking out to lately? Uh, let's start with LJ. Uh, music. Huh. Just because you're the music, like, I feel like you listen to music more than the rest of us. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something I listened to recently that was pretty different. Um, oh, so uh, something I I had been listening to was, um, and you'll be able to recognize a little bit of this, is um, I reviewed this game called Floor Kids a couple weeks ago. And um, the guy that does the music is, uh, his name is, a, he's a DJ. His name is Kid Koala. And so... Um, He's got a bunch of albums out, and so him and this other animator, you know, they, you know, they put their heads together and made this video game uh, with a couple developers, and so uh, I'd been listening to his music for a little while on Spotify, and so when I went to first look him up, um, I found out that he did a couple mixes for ba- the, you know, the the mixes in Baby Driver. Yeah. Yeah, he actually, uh, this guy actually did those for the movie. Okay. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. He's done a couple other uh, tracks for some movies and stuff, but. He's got this cool one, uh, recent one I've been listening to. It's called Music You Can Draw To. And um, unfortunately, he didn't. they don't have the Floor Kids soundtrack out yet. I don't I don't know if they will or not. But that's what I was looking for originally because I was digging the vibe of that game. And uh, I started exploring his music and pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Cool. I remember you were also just because I love shouting out GameScoop. I love GameScoop. <laughs> uh, they're a podcast for those who don't know. Yeah. Check them out when you're done listening to us for your second podcast of the week. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they you were listening to oh, their host the host uh, Damon Hatfield he's got some good music too and uh, it's kind of cool because I didn't realize for a long time that those are his songs that pop up at the end of every episode yep oh really yeah you didn't re- so I was like yeah. wait I know this track I'm like oh so that's cool that they give him I like how they give him the creative freedom to throw in some of his own tunes at the end I think that's really cool yeah right? I think he created their intro as well he probably did him and uh, him and Brian Altano do some pretty cool music. Yeah, they they both mix their own stuff. Yep. The only experience I've had with his music has been at the end of a podcast. <laughs> I haven't checked it out personally yet. Well, yeah. go listen to his stuff. It's it's pretty good. Cool. Uh, what about you, Joe? So I've been listening to pretty much the same stuff for the last two or three years <laughs> <laughs> because I listen to a lot of it at work, yeah. and it's all video game related pretty much. Just because. Okay. Um, that's I can I'm a programmer. It's easier for me to code yeah, to right. something without lyrics. Yeah. And so a lot of what I listen to is uh, hold on. Let me pull up my my music thing. Oh. Um. There is a a song that I I heard today, and it's it's one of those I have a hard time listening to it without breaking down in tears every time I hear the song. Oh. <laughs> and it's it's a Christian song called Hills and Valleys. Okay. By huh. Torin Wells. Oh, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that song before. What's that? I just said I'll have to check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. I like... It's it's one of those that when it hits you, it hits you hard. Yeah. And I've heard the song maybe five times, and I ball through it, uh, <laughs> four of them. Yeah. My worship song that's like that is... Um, what's it called? I just have it on my phone. I listen to it at church all the time. Um, 
but it's like never ending love of God. I think that's what it's called. Um, let me find out. Keep going. One, one of my favorite worship songs, I think, is probably my deep, my most favorite one is The Great I Am. That one is just like, um, I don't know how popular it is because I, I really never know. I just know that our church yeah. runs through them every now and then. But, man, that one, it's just one of those ones like Joe was saying. It just, like, shakes you. It, you know, it, go, it hits you deep. It's yeah. Reckless Love by uh, the one that I have on my phone is Corey Asbury. Huh does it um reckless love is is an amazing song um and then i have a few playlists that i roll through at work uh i've got smooth mcgroove has released oh. a ton of different albums yeah smooth McGroove but is he's awesome. got he's got two albums that he's released where he got a, a a dj or somebody to mix in actual music with his with his uh acapella vocals okay and, and remix them and so that's my what i call my smooth mcgroove and playlist That's cool. <laughs> uh and then there's a guy named daniel tidwell oh yeah uh, he got popular on youtube he does video game music but he does he plays all the instruments and stuff himself and it's heavy metal rock and roll versions of video game songs yeah the only reason i know okay. both of those guys is because i know you, uh, you you played them a couple times and sent us some songs before yeah uh, and then I've got like three different Rocket League soundtracks that I listen to at work too. Those are Rocket League's super got fun. such an amazing playlist. Yeah, Joe and I. There was a for a while where Joe and I were geeking back and forth about like game soundtracks and stuff. And um, one of my favorite. Uh, I was playing that uh, Full Metal Furies on stream last week. Oh, that's such a yeah. good soundtrack. Yeah. It's not. I can't buy it anywhere right now. Oh, so man. that one. And uh, Iconoclast, yeah. the game that I reviewed that yeah. I was talking about last week. Both of those have great soundtracks. I haven't heard anything about the Full Metal Fury soundtrack mm. being available. Um, I've been playing Monster Hunter. I can't find anything about that soundtrack. But Iconoclasts, the guy said that he was going to work on trying to get it up oh, so that we could buy cool. the soundtrack. Yeah. Full Metal Fury is awesome, great. though. I, I, I was digging that whenever I was playing the game. Uh, there's a little indie game that came out last year called Flint Hook that has oh, a pretty phenomenal Fl- soundtrack, Flint Hook too. is amazing. I love that game. So, I love video game <laughs> soundtracks. Yeah. We could go back and yeah. forth all day on game soundtracks if we right. wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I've posted several times in the community about trying to find new game soundtracks because yeah. I've gone through the first hundred albums or so on both iTunes and Android stores <laughs> looking for game soundtracks. Yeah. So. What was the first game soundtrack you ever bought? That I ever bought? Oh my goodness! <laughs> it probably or something crummy. God. I don't know. I mean, it's probably like Mag. Oh, okay. The PS3 game. <laughs> the first time I fell in love with music, like video game music, and it's no. gonna seem really weird because it's not video game music, really. Uh, was Sonic Adventure 2 Battle had a ton of like lyrical music, and it was the first time that I really seen lyrics in a video game. Yeah, I I remember now. I the first three that I bought, and I don't know the the time, or, right? The, but I bought the Skyrim soundtrack, that's probably the first one. Huh. And I bought okay. the physical discs. It was like a four-disc set from Jeremy Soule. Oh, cool. Wow. The Guild Wars soundtrack was originally... The, the original Guild Wars track. He's the same guy that did Guild Wars oh, nice. soundtrack. Um, and then... Uh, my, my mind just went blank. <laughs> oh, uh, the Nino Cooney soundtrack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, the original Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh, cool. I uh, I listen to a lot of music, but it's it's depending on the situation. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say it's a lot of music as a whole, but it's not a lot of music in each area. Uh, so I have I have a worship playlist that I do uh, during prayer, and then uh, for workouts, I've been listening to a lot of like NF. Oh yeah, uh, I like really. I don't know what that is. He's a, he's a rapper. rapper. Yeah, and he's so hard hitting. Yeah, uh, he's great for workouts. My my workout playlist is basically remixes of video game music and then Christian rap. Uh, cool. And it's a good mix. <laughs> like I, I have Power Glove. Their version of Pokemon theme song, the Pokemon theme song is amazing. Uh, so I have that. That's such a great workout song. Um, and then if I'm if I'm doing any kind of writing or any kind of editing that needs me to listen, um, I usually play. I, I YouTube, I don't know what the playlist is, but I YouTube Cyberpunk. And that started when I had that whole <laughs> Cyberpunk kick, but uh, it's basically synthwave music. And there's there's no lyrics to it, so it's easy to, you know, work to. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. I think that actually started when I was writing the uh, Bible study for Ghost in the Shell. 
Oh, <laughs> there you go. And so in my mind, I was like, I gotta, I'll do the music because then it'll be perfect. Yeah, that, that's kind of uh, what I do sometimes when I write game reviews. If I can, if I can listen to the soundtrack for it, I'll listen to the soundtrack while I write the review. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Moving on, we've got one from Christ in Consoles. Getting a little bit deeper here. What would your advice be on reaching out to the church about geek culture? And likewise, your advice on reaching out to the geek culture about Christ? Huh. Uh, I would assume that he's talking about, because it, for us, it's like Geeks Under Grace. Um, but as an individual, uh, what would you, what would the advice would you give to the individual trying to do that? Jim. Just be you. I mean, yeah. if you're a geek, and just be you and, and let people see... How you are. I, yeah. That doesn't always work. Right. But if people don't love you for you, then then I would say m- maybe they're not the people that you need to be hanging around. Okay. Very true. Yeah. What about you, LJ? Um, I've kind of been experiencing this lately. Um, it kind of piggybacks off of Joe's, but um, in my situation... Uh, the, my fellow staff at my church that I work for, they've really started to recognize that, like, I'm at, I'm at this point where a lot of people that are, are around me are, like, realizing, oh, like, this Geeks Under Grace thing is legit. He's not just, like, playing around. Like, <laughs> um, and so they're realizing that I have these talents and I have these things that I can do that, you know, are helping to reach people. And, um, you know, especially this is kind of going, you know, towards the, the church is, you know, like, um, you know, through being yourself, you know, um, you know, through being yourself, you know, people are going to see that, uh, you know, that who you are and your talents, you know, whether it be, you know, programming or, you know, video editing or, you know, anything that, you know, the three of us do, like, you know, once they see that they're going to, they're really going to take you seriously as, as a person. And, you know, it just, you know, if you keep, if you you know if you keep being yourself around other people, it's going to create a ripple effect. You know, like dropping a pebble in water. You know, they're just gonna everybody around you is going to start to see like, oh well, you know what he's doing is really meaning something and it's really reaching people. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's my advice for me personally. Uh, go into the what uh what advice on the church? Uh, you know, evangelizing geekdom, I guess, to the church. Uh, I'm not really worried about that. I like the church can see me and if they don't like me, that's fine. Uh, but they're saved. And so I'm not trying to change anyone's life. They don't like the Marvel movies. They don't have to like the Marvel <laughs> movies. But on the other hand, I have, we, there's been a dream of mine for a little bit, uh, the last year or so. Um, and we've, we've tossed the idea around a lot, but having like video game competitions, uh, tournaments within the like church building as a as a venue yeah. um, because it would allow geeks to kind of walk into a church for the first time and check it out and it wouldn't be you know for them they're going to the game and then maybe they can see something else there um, but that again kind of goes back to to the geek not to the Christian uh, so reaching out to geek culture about Christ I think that's where the focus needs to be because they're they're the people that need to see that you know the church doesn't hate them um yeah i like i said the church thinks that um you know all geek culture is garbage fine (laughs) but we need to be the light to the geeks that say that's not the case and yeah um you know that they're there's a place for them there and that they can you know have a home within the church too and we need to be we as the geek culture within the church um need to be the ones that do that yeah i think that's where the focus should be yeah, that's kind of a. I was talking to somebody on the on my live video that I was doing on the page last week, and I was wondering. I was talking about the pledge drive. It's one of those things where, like, even being in in the chat, you know, on like while we're streaming that weekend, like, just yeah. you being there and somebody pops in, like you know Joe's situation, you know, if somebody random pops in and you know has no idea who we are or what we do, you know, just by being around, you know, like you know that's why Jesus hung out with you know sinners and all these other people is because. You know, he was able to like be a light to them, and so just you know having ourselves in those situations in those toxic communities that are known to be toxic. I mean, you know that's yeah. that's in itself that's ministry is just you know being present. Right. Go to Comic Con or whatever it is you like to do, and then be yeah. a Christian there. 
don't be a jerk or be lewd or um you know or don't show people or don't try to that... thump somebody over the bible in the head you know yeah just, don't do that either don't be like just be present don't have one of those picket signs inside <laughs> of the comic-con yeah go in the comic-con um if you can like serve uh at a comic-con such an easy way to like do that if you're looking for a really practical way go to a comic-con volunteer and then when they ask you what you're doing there be like i'm here to serve because that's what i'm told to do that would be super practical advice there yeah for sure (laughs) you've got the time go do that cool and then our final question gets even deeper i think aaron hammerton asks has there been any moment in games slash anime slash movies that have fueled spiritual discussion for you or have been a powerful spiritual metaphor that has inspired you? And you guys have good answer to this. I I don't know if I do yet. I want to listen to you guys and hope that I can well, just say, yes, indeed. I, I mentioned iconoclasts. The, the word iconoclast literally means somebody that's going against a religion. Uh, and that game is centered a lot around going against a, a, an established religion and... Part I mentioned a lot of this in our review for the game, <laughs> but I think it's it's not a bad thing for Christians to maybe play through that game and see what see what they think, form some opinions, maybe generate some discussion from that because that's that's somebody clearly that game developer. I mean, he made it himself. Took seven years of his life. He's trying to to say something mm-hmm. and. You know, maybe that's something that we should hear and take into account. Yeah, yeah. As Christians, yeah. And Maurice just played one called literally. It's called "I Fell from Grace," and uh, he said there was some interesting themes there so much that he played it twice. Uh, so I mean, I, it wasn't yeah. from somebody who was a Christian, I don't think, but it's it had a lot of that type of messaging, like somebody searching, you know, um, based on what he said. Um. For me, I have an interesting personal story. It, it may seem kind of cheesy, but whenever I uh, think about it, um, it, it doesn't seem too... <laughs> it seems very interesting. Is um, So after I had gotten saved and uh, moved here to Louisiana from Southern California, uh, I thought it was ironic because all the like major releases that holiday, uh, I was playing Uncharted, uh, Uncharted 3, and there was a sandstorm in that game uh, towards the end, and then even, uh, I think it was Modern Warfare 3, Call of Duty. There was a sandstorm in that scene in that game, like middle or end. Spec Ops. Uh, oh yeah, Spec Ops was around the same. But particularly, I played. It was Modern Warfare Three. I actually played, and I was like, "Wow, okay." And so, um, one of the mission. I went to see one of the Mission Impossible movies around that same time, and so it was another sandstorm. And so, uh, I was like, "Wow, that's kind of crazy. That's a super coincidence." And then so. Um, couple months later um, uh, a lot of people know the story about how uh, I, l- I lost my dad and my stepmom to suicide back home in California mm-hmm. and so uh, after a couple months later I kind of looked back at that and I'm like wow so I looked at it this way I'm like man maybe that was my sandstorm you know because um, I dealt with a lot of things after that and um, didn't I kind of lost my way a little bit you know buried my head and and in in things that I shouldn't have been doing like I didn't want to go to work or whatever because I was working with my uncle and I was just kind of going through that stage of grief, and when I came out of it, and I was like, "Wow, well, maybe that's my sandstorm," you know. Like, it's not—it's not necessarily that God was trying to tell me something through that, but it was just basically like, "Like, wow, I, I made it out," you know. So I was able to kind of take those, you know, themes, take that, and put it into a theme, and so it was just kind of something I was able to relate it to. I—I I suppose for me, um, any story with redemption in it. Um, mm-hmm. like maybe it's just because that's one of the few things I can pick out and like redemption story, understand that one. Uh, <laughs> but I think the first one was probably, um, shadow of the hedgehog. And I've always loved those stories where it's this kind of, he starts out evil and starts out like dark. And then they're like, no, you can, you can not do, you cannot be this if you want. <laughs> um, it's always been really powerful for me. I, I wanted to say Man of Steel, but I'm pretty sure that that was put on me, uh, all of the different Christian imagery in Man of Steel, uh, <laughs> because I had like read about it afterwards and was like, oh yeah, uh, Man of Steel has a ton of um, reflections of Jesus 
within, including him literally falling in like a cross position back down to earth. Huh. Um, but I think also for me and LJ, we write these Bible studies. Uh, we've had, yeah. at least I've had discussions with uh, my wife and, uh, you know, family members about the Bible study that I'm writing and, you know, how did I find God in this? Um, a lot of people, they go, what'd you get out of that one? <laughs> and you go, well, well, this, um, so that's been really cool. Yeah. I'm trying to find the super like crazy impactful one, but it's just been a lot of little things. I think um, for me, it's like you know you were talking about Shadow the Hedgehog, how you know his redemption story. That's why Hellboy is one of my favorite superheroes because that dude is literally a demon, but yeah. he was raised yeah. by you know a guy who is essentially a Catholic, and he carries a rosary around him. Uh, you know he carries a rosary around, so it's like you know that <laughs> that's a crazy image when you think about it, but. Yeah, that's why I love that character so much, because he's literally a demon, but he's a good guy. He's literally redeemed, almost. Yeah. Cool. Going on from that, Joe, what are you geeking out about this week? Alright, so the big one has been Monster Hunter World. I've uh, I've only played, uh, it's only been out for a few days, but I've already got like 14 hours of playtime in it. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> and it's... For years, I've been trying to get into the Monster Hunter games, and the handhelds just, I couldn't never get them to click. Yeah, right. they're super and deep. for years, I, yeah, and well, and the handheld controls just don't really work for me. I've got big hands. Yeah, and me too. Y- you look at this, and I, you know, for years I said, it'd be awesome if they put this on modern consoles <laughs> with an actual controller. They actually, you know, built the the online infrastructure like Xbox Live and PSN and that sort of stuff has, and this does all of that yeah. phenomenally. It is a fantastic game. Like I even got my brother to pick it up and try it and he's he said this isn't something I would play solo but I'd definitely enjoy playing it with other people. Like Although you can. We just had some of the craziest <laughs> coolest moments. I mean like we were fighting this thing called an Anginath. It's basically a big T-Rex that breathes fire. Oh yeah. Okay. And we we'd fought it two or three times me and two buddies. Because it had killed us the other two times. We were on the third time, and we'd finally wounded it. It was going back to its nest. And it gets right up to its nest, and a dragon that was patrolling the area swooped down and attacked it, picked it up, and body slammed it. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. In the tussle, a scale fell off the dragon, so I scooped that up and made a sword for for my little cat friend out of that. That's cool. Okay. And then we were able to get away from the dragon. It's called a Rathalos, and yeah. and kill the at engine, the 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 T Rex. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. So is and the world finished... just massive, or so it's there are like two or three zones. There's a okay. like a like a jungle zone, like a desert zone, and then I those that's as far as I've gotten. I'm in the desert zone right now, hmm. but they are gargantuan open areas. Yeah, they're huge. And it's cool because so, those mobile versions, they had, like, the areas where you'd have to load into a different, like, arena each time. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, 15 different rooms. Yeah, but now you don't. You had to load up at a time. And it's all one big, giant area with 15 smaller areas tucked inside of it or whatever. Yeah. But, okay. I mean, it's like you can harvest you can harvest uh, wildlife or vegetation. You can craft stuff. You make weapons and armor out of the stuff that you kill. Like you can you can get little creatures for research purposes. You can grow and cultivate plants. It is crazy how much there is in this game. Yeah. How was it learning curve wise? Were you able to pick it up and just understand it? I have played the mobile. Like I've never got them to click, but I have played enough of the mobile ones to understand what was going on. Okay. I was able to send a couple of my buddies, like let them play an hour or two, and send them a fifteen or twenty minute long introductory video that I found. That kind of gave some good tips and pointers. Okay. And it's still super dense. There's a ton of stuff in the game, but it's easily the most accessible one they've ever made. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And and it's fun and fluid the whole time. On top of that. Um, beyond that, I played about an hour of Dragon Ball Fighters. I know LJ's played a ton more of that. <laughs> yeah, I've played a ton of it. <laughs> uh, Fighters. For me, uh, it's it's interesting because I did the quick scope for the beta, then I did the preview, 
Uh, what I've been really trying to get knocked out before my review is the story content because everything yeah. else is. Okay. And it seems to be a pretty long story. Yeah, I've beat one arc already, but apparently there's three arcs, and the first yeah. arc is the warrior arc where uh, you play as all the heroes, like all the main heroes, and then the second arc is the villain arc where you play as all the villains, and then the third okay. arc That's is cool. the Android Twenty One arc, which is the new uh, the, the new the character. New... Yeah, and she was apparently approved and supervised uh, supervised by Toriyama, which is cool. Uh, but she's like a Majin and an android, and it's weird. I'm hoping they explain that. Um, but she wants to turn everybody into candy. I jumped straight in uh-huh. and tried to fight online and just got hammered. Oh yeah. So then I spent I spent like 30 minutes going through all the tutorial stuff, and it makes a lot more sense oh, once yeah. you've gone through that tutorial. Yeah, it was cool to jump in since they had that during the beta. Um, but it's pretty cool. It's very it doesn't. Ha- I mean, it's got. It's pretty deep in terms of like learning curve. You can you can get crazy with it, but I'd say it's a pretty good entry level like fighter because they have a lot of like shortcuts for combos and stuff. If you mash one button, yeah. you're gonna get a combo. Um, yeah. But I'm liking it so far. I, uh, there. Yeah. There's just some things I have questions about the story. Like they they refer to the player. You're this soul that apparently can link with other fighters because this android. Uh, she she does it apparently they don't really explain how she does it but they turn on this wave this energy wave thing that's supposed to weaken everybody so this soul can hop from one body to another and that's why they that's that's why they explain you can switch characters and i'm just like okay this is a little weird but (laughs) yeah but i like where they're going like with the villain like i think she's pretty crazy because you know she's a female villain like i think that's really cool and she's very she's very sadistic um (laughs) <laughs> so yeah they're the story arcs are gonna probably go deeper and answer more questions because we set the at the end of the the first arc he's literally like yeah he's like unfortunately there's still much more to be answered but he's like apparently it doesn't matter so much but he's like if you're still curious why don't you let me know what you find out and i'm like oh that's lame <laughs> so i do have a question for you because uh-huh. uh, you played a lot more of it than me by default, it's Japanese voiceover there with is a way to English switch. subtitles. There is? Yeah, if you go to the options menu, you can switch it to okay. English. Which I will say... Something I, I was going to say, something I didn't realize is that the Japanese version of Goku sounds like a 14-year-old boy. It's a female. He's it's got the highest pitch. I was going to say, it's, a, it's such a <laughs> high-pitched voice. And you know what's funny is I will argue this with a lot of people that prefer anime du- anime subs over dubs. Do not watch the sub for Dragon Ball because they've kept the same voices they have through all the years and even Dragon Ball. And they're to me, their voice... I mean, I, it sounds terrible, but a lot of their voices are just so annoying. Um, <laughs> and it's the dub is interesting on the game because sometimes it lags out a little bit. Like, it sounds... And the like characters will still keep talking for a second after they've already, like, said what they had to say. Um. <laughs> but it's still, like, cool. Like, you can... It's cool that you can switch that, I guess, for those people that prefer the Japanese stuff. But just just seeing this beefy Goku guy <laughs> yeah. sound like a tiny child woman. Yeah, it was so that's weird. what makes it awkward. Have you ever watched Trigun? Yeah, the English uh, voice actor. He would always be so like when he was serious. Yeah, he'd get real low. Yeah, and then when he wasn't serious, it would be so high pitched. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Dra- Dragon Ball. I mean. Definitely save yourself some some trouble and switch it to the English settings because that's what we all know and love. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's my piece on cool. Dragon Ball. Uh, and then I started watching Parks and Rec. Oh, that show's so on good. Netflix. I love it. For years, I had I had held off on it because I thought it was just an office ripoff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are fighting Because it came out kind of the same time. Yeah. And Leslie Nope's character was very much kind of a Michael Scott from yeah. what I'd seen. She kind of is. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Jerry is kind of the kind of the Kevin. Yeah. I don't uh, there's still some correlations, but it, it is genuinely laugh out loud funny. I don't know if it's from the same creator or not, to be honest. It might be I don't know. I've but heard it's, great things. I've never checked it out. It's, it's so definitely good. got some pretty funny moments. Yeah, it's funny. I'm I'm a, I'm on the last episode of season 2. That's okay. Yeah, so. season 2 is where it gets good. Season 1 is rough. Yeah, well, season one's only like five or six episodes long, too, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's like a pilot season. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what I've been geeking out for the week. We can go ahead and get into the gaming news. Uh, I think Cody mentioned top of the episode. 
Final Fantasy 15 is getting a pocket release. We'd mentioned that several months ago. Yeah. Yeah. But it's finally got a date now. They said Feb- February 9th. So it's not that far away, just a couple weeks. That's coming up. <laughs> Was there a price revealed with that? Um, I don't recall looking at the article. I didn't see anything. I want to know how much it is. I haven't even finished it's cheap, the real game I will get yet. it. <laughs> uh, it's, I, but I think it's going to be episodic. It's be 20 bucks. Okay. And twenty bucks isn't bad. I'll pay twenty dollars for that game. Yeah, twenty yeah. bucks is good. Um, they have Capcom has already come out and said that they're gonna do be doing Street Fighter Five DLC for Monster Hunter World. That's crazy. So you're gonna be able to jump in and throw a dragon punch on a dragon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ryu literally does that in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. He sure he he gives the uppercut to an elder dragon. That's that's probably what they're getting at with <laughs> yeah. this, like. That was probably such a ridiculous thing in there that yeah. they decided to bring it over. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and I'll say this about Monster Hunter World. Capcom had really burned me pretty bad with a couple of its properties. Street Fighter V, I'll never go back yeah. to. And, yeah. like, see, they screwed that up so bad MVC out of the gate. for me is where I feel you there. Like Marvel vs. Capcom is where I felt burned. Yeah. And I, I had written MVC off years ago because I couldn't keep up with the pace of the combat. But, oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not doing Street Fighter Five again, but I like the Street Fighter characters, and yeah. I'm enjoying Monster Hunter World more than anything they've released in years. <laughs> so I may actually look at that DLC just for the heck of it. But um, yeah, and then finally Fortnite. Fortnite is doing so well uh, <laughs> that the devs decided to shut down Paragon, their MOBA. That's terrible. Yeah, and Paragon had. It, I'd heard a lot of people say it was one of the better MOBAs on the market. It's really good. I liked it. I almost, I don't know if I ever bought it, but I was going to buy like all the characters and stuff. Yep. There. So they decided Fortnite is making so much money for them. Yeah. That it, it, it is not oh. in their interest to keep Paragon going. It was like a third person. It was MOBA. almost like Smite. Yeah. It was like Smite kind of. Okay. Except yeah. it was less MOBA controls. It was more third person uh, combat controls. Yeah, it looks like I'm looking at the pictures of it. Yeah. When I hear MOBA, I immediately go to like League of Legends. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, basically what it is, but it's a third-person perspective. That's why I like Smite yeah. so much if yeah. you're going to if I'm going to play a MOBA. Smite is really because cool. it controls like a third-person shooter almost. I love Smite. Okay. That is the one I did buy all the characters for. Yeah. That's cool. We had seen Paragon advertising, not just being present, but like I got a free bag from Paragon uh packs 2 years ago. Yeah, they gave they gave those to everybody. A year and a half. They were handing them out. Yeah, so it's crazy that they would be doing all that marketing and then <laughs> two years later they're shutting down. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's like that battle royale so, mode is pop is more popular than what Fortnite was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played quite a bit of Fortnite's actual game mode. Yeah. And it is nowhere near. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna bet that that mode is virtually dead compared to battle to, to battle royale. Yeah, I think so. They were so quick to jump on it, and they've they've really supported it in a big way. So yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then going into the pull list for the week, we got a couple of interesting titles. One I'm particularly interested in: The City of Final Fantasy NT. I played is coming it, out this a week. Ton of the beta. I have not played the beta for this one yet, but I 100%ed both of the PSP games. That's oh, right. That's a lot of content. The original games were PSP games. Yep. I was not interested in this till Joe gave me a uh, one of the voice actors' names, <laughs> Bryce Pappenbrook. Bryce Pappenbrook. Yeah, I'm like, well, maybe now I have to check it out. Such a big he's, fan. He's doing the voice of Zidane. So kind of like Joe with Monster Hunter, me and my brother would always talk about, okay, what if they made a Dissidia for consoles with fully, you know, all those features and made it look really nice. And so this is pretty much it. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Like, and I don't know how, I don't know how I'm gonna tear myself away from Monster Hunter yeah. long enough to try it out. And so that's right. that's where I struggle. Is I know I want to buy Monster Hunter because my brother owns it and he's been getting into it. And so I'm like, you know what? I just gotta buy Monster Hunter and wait and wait on Dissidia. Man, I mean, because there are gonna be so many more characters in Dissidia now than there were when this was out on yeah, the PSP. Like, um, you know, they have a character from Tactics in there. I mean, like, Lightning's going to be in there. You yeah. know, so all the Final Fantasy thirteen characters can be in there now. 15's characters can be in there now. Ugh. 
I think they might even have characters from the MMO fourteen. Oh, and uh, type. Oh, wow. I think they have characters from from uh, what is it? Type O also. Type zero. Yeah, type zero. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So many. Um. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. I I enjoy those games are ridiculous. Yeah. Because they're gargantuan arenas and you're flying around. You're literally flying around the arenas. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, EA Sports UFC 3 comes out this week. So if you like your your spinning roundhouse kicks and tap outs, <laughs> you can finally get that on. Yeah. For the third time. <laughs> um, one that we have a quick scope of, Railway Empire. Yep. Okay. Is coming out this week. Uh, and I will say that I, once I figured out what I was doing, I had a lot more fun with that than I initially thought. For those who don't know, quick scopes, pretty self-explanatory. They are a quick look at the game. Yeah, typically 15 to 30 minutes of the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. And we, me and LJ Maurice, and now Andrew Feisner yes. has, uh, I'll have them up. We've got one. Our most recent one is for Monster Hunter. Yeah. Andrew did one because he's reviewing the game for us. Yeah. Yep. And you can get them on youtube.com slash Geeks Under Grace. Yes. Yeah. And we're putting those out pretty regularly, one or two a week, yeah. probably. I got some yeah. uh, other ideas for YouTube content in the cooker, because <laughs> now it's getting to the point where we're like, okay, we need to start adding some stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, one that I believe LJ reviewed yes. and is live on the website. You reviewed it on the Switch. Yeah, it came to the Switch first, and I loved this game uh it was kind of tough to get into because i mean it's a it's a beat-em-up so it's kind of got a difficulty to it but the way that story progresses and the way that game wraps up is awesome i loved it it's uh, got a lot of celtic like themes and uh the guy that developed it he did a lot of research and put a lot of that extra stuff about the land of, of europe of britannia in like the old days and talked about how like the different clans you know fought and stuff like that it was really cool so the game is called wolverblade yep and it's coming to playstation 4 i'm guessing xbox one and pc as well yeah that's typically how the release cycle goes yep um but yeah i mean it's been out on the it's been out on the switch we've got a review live on the website so you can go see what lj thought of it i really like that game (laughs) so yep and that's it for games this week. What do you got, LJ? Okay, so geeking out, um, I'm going to put a little spin. Usually I'm talking about games or movies, but I did something totally out of my comfort zone last week. Uh, I joined a small group. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> so it was just kind of cool because, you know, when I first moved here and just a lot of things I did at church were either tied to like a men's group that with some people that I knew from already or that my uncle was re- like new and uh and or or they were celebrate recovery related and a small group i did i did join when i first moved here i was still very socially awkward and of like i never would have done that (laughs) and so i went for like a couple days to that first one and i was like no this ain't for me but uh this last week i enjoyed it it's a co-ed small group and we're we're doing it for this uh series that we're doing at church uh called 40 days of prayer and so, like, it's been a, it's been going around for a year or two, this small group, but I said, you know what, it's time to go do something that I'm not attached to in any way, it's just something completely different out of my zone, and so I enjoyed it, and uh, I'm glad I'm doing it. Cool. Um, and then, uh, so, I found out last night and started watching some of it this morning, but apparently Psych is free on Amazon Prime now. You posted that everywhere. Yes, I posted it. Well, because on Twitter it shares all my uh, Facebook, it shares all my Twitter posts. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, you could say that LJ was psyched. Yes, I was very psyched for it because, <laughs> like, I especially from something like, about a pineapple. <laughs> like our community talks about it all the time, and you know, with the stuff about Zachary Levi being in the in the movie, and then mm-hmm. um, like it's it's regained a lot of like popularity. And so last time I went to look at it. Uh, to find to find it to watch uh, the seasons were like you had to purchase them they weren't free yet and so a buddy of mine told me he said he's like hey uh psych is on amazon i want to watch that and i was like wait i was like you gotta pay for it though and he's like no you don't and so i went to look for it i was like yes and uh it came up again during small group because we were talking about like tv shows and stuff and i was like yeah i was like i might as well just fork over some money for a couple seasons and check it out and then little did I know it's free now, so 
Yeah. Nice. I've been enjoying it too. It's been pretty good so far. Um, so yeah, I was psyched. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, last night I stayed up a little too late playing Civilization Six. That's a one more turn. One more turn. One more turn. I actually <laughs> didn't get anywhere, but it's a uh, it's a uh, like a Civilization <laughs> Sim, I guess you could say, uh, yeah. like an RTS. Uh, from Sid yeah, Meier. the Sim games, Civ games have been around for ever. Yeah, uh, and I've never played one of those games, so kind of like Joe, I got into a Sim type of game this week that I didn't think I was going to get into. But I, what I like about this one versus other RTSs is that it's tile based, and so you move on tiles rather than just like free, like freeform. Yeah, and so it feels a lot like a video game version of uh, like Catan. And so uh, I did the tutorial mission where you get to choose Cleopatra or Gilgamesh, and you build up your city. You got all the different sciences and stuff. Wait, Gilgamesh? Really? Yes, it was uh, the tor- the tutorial <laughs> mission had Gilgamesh uh, and Cleopatra. Okay, as, that's as funny. I would have had no idea who Gilgamesh was until, until Fate. Blade Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Fate series. Fate Zero, oh, I guess, man. was my first one. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just totally there. <laughs> totally okay. Um, so what happened was. You know, they give you the tutorial, tell you how to do things. So they say, all right, well, you need a Dominion victory to complete the tutorial. So which is uh, basically get your military and go attack them. And so I thought I had enough guys and I went to go attack the capital. And all of a sudden, these uh, their army just comes out swarming like, oh, no, you don't. And so I kept building up units and just I tried to bombard them the entire time. But it ended up like at a literal stalemate. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get anywhere. I look at the time. I'm like, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning. I started about ten o'clock. <laughs> yep. And so you can lose time quick in a Civ game. Yeah, but it was really cool. I like the simplicity of the actions. I w- I never felt overwhelmed. Cool. So uh, I I'll probably figure figure out how to play more of that game and maybe actually win. But I just ended up quitting because <laughs> I was not going to get anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. That was it for geeking out, and so now we will get into the movies. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this was super funny because this Dundee movie, or actually not movie now, uh, was something you guys talked about last week. Yeah. And so, so the first, and literally the next day we found this out. <laughs> it was a couple days after. It was a few days ago. It was a couple days from yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so uh, this this is an interesting story that this thing has gone through. So. Apparently, it turns out that Dundee movie is actually a campaign ad for some tourism company in Australia. Yeah. And so they... Go back. <laughs> um, so they had uh, Danny McBride and Liam Hensworth, and they released those couple teasers. And so apparently now they released one that involved Hugh Jackman. Uh, he's some kind of politician talking on the phone. Uh, there was like 10 seconds of it uh, that Hugh Jackman shared on his Twitter. Uh, but then uh, we're looking at this before the podcast, and Cody found out that there's this big cast of character of like celebrities that's supposed to be in these ads or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, these ads are for the Super Bowl. So what I assume is that we're probably going to get one of these ads every every break. There's like Russell Crowe's in one of them. Yeah, Russell Crowe, uh, Margot Robbie. There's some big names. I want this to be a movie. Yeah, and it's. It's one of those things that's like, okay, so you just wasted all your own money and everybody else's time by making a bunch of ads when you probably could have made a movie. <laughs> I would have right. paid money for the movie ticket. Yeah. Really? I, I'm, I'm really not going to go to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> not going not gonna to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really hoping that they see the response to these commercials. I go, oh, dang, maybe we should actually make a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get one, and then all of these actors are in it. Cause I'm, I'm bummed. I was yeah, I was. Too. It was weird. I didn't think we needed it, but I was like, this could actually be I really good. And now that, that I, I know like, it's not real, looking forward to it. I want it so much more. Uh, like, don't take this from the me. The best part was that you guys were joking last week about how Hugh Jackman needs to be involved, and he literally is. Yeah, I got to <laughs> check out that trailer still. Yeah, I mean, he shows like but, ten seconds of it. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense if it's for Australia that they would have hired a bunch of Australian actors to, yeah. uh, you know, do this. Yeah. Because it's a Super Bowl ad. They always get big actors for it. Yeah. 
Um, so that was an interesting thing uh, that we experienced. Uh, so the next one I thought was really interesting. Uh, Jumanji is about to pass up Wonder Woman in the worldwide box office. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And so uh, basically, I think what the article said was that it was only like a couple hundred million behind. And so projections say that in a couple of days it'll pass it up. So it probably already has by the time everybody's going to hear this. Uh, but uh, Jumanji was actually a good movie. <laughs> yeah. It was fun huh. and pretty funny. So I I just got the movie pass. Uh-huh. So maybe I'll have to go watch Jumanji this weekend. It is not the Jumanji you remember as yeah. a kid. It is definitely a comedy. <laughs> what year is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you like... Uh, Dwayne Johnson, if you like Kevin Hart, if you like um, Karen Gillan, and yeah. uh, Jack, Jack Black. Black. There's some hilarious scenes. If you love those actors, scenes. You're, you'll love this movie. Yeah. It's so them. They do have a little they, bit of like adult humor, <laughs> but it's, oh, yeah. it's nothing like too crazy. I think of everything currently shown at my local theater, I want to see 12 Strong. I've heard it's really good. I haven't heard of that. That's the one about the horse horse uh, riding oh, yep. oh. guys in Afghanistan. Oh, I bet that would be good. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. So Wonder Woman was like one of the most popular movies last year, and somehow Jumanji is creeping up on it. <laughs> That's real weird. Yeah. Yeah. And so the final news piece we have is Tom Hardy's Instagram photo suggests that Venom has wrapped up filming. And so, um, it's just like a random photo of him, like just chilling, whatever. And so his, his caption on it says wrapped life back. Bye. <laughs> like basically like, Hey, we've wrapped up filming. I, I can have my life back. See you later. Right. Um, so, so I think that that's going to be really cool if that movie is due out very soon. I don't know how long post-production takes, but I imagine, I don't know what is it slated for. Uh, probably 2019. I want to say. I was I was hearing 2018 still, like uh, a late 2018. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm guessing it's gonna. But be, that would like, be really surprising if they just announced it. Yeah. Or they just wrapped it. Yeah, and apparently they started filming uh, late last year at some point. Yeah. Um. So that'll be really cool. I'm hoping Venom is gonna be good. Uh, the the article had a pretty good quote. Was uh. After the Amazing Spider-Man 2's uh, false start on a universe. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think Tom Hardy is going to be good. Or I hope he is. Um, I There have been rumors that uh, Tom... It's throwing me off. It's Tom, Tom Holland. <laughs> I was like, it's throwing me off. Tom. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? Uh, <laughs> he, he is supposed to make an appearance in Venom. Uh, not as Spider-Man, but as Peter Parker. That's crazy. So... I'm really curious how connected it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be really, it'll be really bad on the Marvel universe if they don't let um, Spider-Man get his Venom. Yeah, I agree. Movie, and I worry they're gonna make this rated R. Can they bring that rated R character into a PG-13 film? Uh, but it's such a big part of Spider-Man's movie stuff. Yeah, and I think Marvel at Disney could do it really well. Yeah, they could, especially to see, like, Sony let them do a crossover. Maybe it's because, like, Mar- they told Marvel, like, oh, you can have Spider-Man, but technically Peter Parker doesn't really, isn't really a part of that. So I, yeah, I imagine their Tom Holland is going to show up somehow, make some cameo, but you're not going to see him in costume, is what it is. I'm thinking, you are talking about uh, metaphors earlier, spiritual metaphors. Yeah. Uh, Venom is such a great metaphor when he becomes the black Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, you know, he literally sin creeps in, and it watch you watch him destroy his life because of it. Yep. Um, and they made it such a joke in Spider-Man Three. Oh gosh. Yeah. They could really show the destructive forces of um, a sinful nature through that. Oh yeah. Yep, I agree. Boom. A little bit of Bible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, that is it for the movie news. Uh, so what you got, cool. Cody? Yeah. Uh, so my mom was in surgery few days ago uh just for rotary cuff everything's okay uh, but because of that i had to stay at the hospital uh basically the entire day uh which allowed me to get a little bit of gaming in not gonna lie still playing arena valley i i'm addicted <laughs> i'm 
It's the best mobile game I've ever had. Um, but I also got to play a bit of a little bit more of Mario Odyssey, and I always said as soon as I got Sonic Mania, I didn't play it at all. I played maybe a couple, uh, maybe 20, 30 minutes of it, and then I turned it off because uh, I wanted it to be a traveling game. So because I was somewhere, there was no internet, I decided I'd, I'd check out Sonic Mania a little bit more. Uh, I got my mom to play it before her surgery. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, she has no death perception. <laughs> Love you, mom. Uh, but it's, it's hard. She would jump. And then she wouldn't move to the right. Oh. And I'm like, she's like, why am I going anywhere? And I'm like, because you, you have to move the stick. <laughs> she's like, I am. And I'm like, you're not. Are you I've kind of noticed going? that. <laughs> it's hard for people who aren't gamers to process doing like two things at once, I guess, with their hands like that. Yeah. I did. We did Mario Odyssey for a little bit, too. And uh, when you get in front of an object in Mario Odyssey, uh-huh. you see yourself kind of through it. Yeah. And that was throwing her off. Uh, uh-huh. She was trying to get on top of a pipe. And she was like, I'm, I'm on top of it. I was like, no, you're behind it. <laughs> I'm like, you have to go forward towards us. And she's like, well, how do I do that? And I was like, press down. And I found out that that's really weird for them too. That they're playing on a plane. Down to them, even on a 3D plane. Yeah. Or to her. I don't know if it's everyone else who's not played video games. Down to her meant she should be going down. Yeah, yeah. She thought up should be forward at all times. Well, it's because we're looking at more as of a uh, from a control standpoint, from a control yeah. standpoint rather than like a I guess a viewpoint per se. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, she had. I I had what we did is I laid the controller flat. Yeah. And they said now move it, and then she could kind of understand it a little bit better. Huh. But she was like, if I'm going up, that should be forward, left, right, <laughs> yeah, right, and then down should be back. And it was such a weird concept it's it's the Um, lingo you know like we have a certain lingo for everything and just the way we're used to as gamers that non-gamers have a whole different perception yeah and it was it was a lot of fun to watch um that's cool yeah it was is cool to like and i got to play with her both games have that um little brother (laughs) co-op going on yeah so i was able to help her out and that was a lot of fun uh sorry mania still a great game i didn't get very far I turns out I'm really bad at Sonic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got, I think two. I got an act after the the toxic place, whatever it is. Okay, uh, I don't remember the third one. The TV land. Oh, Sorry, Studio. Yeah. Studioopolis. Yeah. So I'm I'm not very far at all, but it's such an awesome game. Uh, and then it's been a crazy week. My father-in-law is in town. Um, and so we were trying to find some movies to watch cool. and we came across baby driver is a movie he hadn't seen. That's a good we movie. We hadn't seen. Um, and he's, he's not a big fan of comedies. Uh-huh. Um, and comedies are usually my, it's either comedies or action movies for me. Um, but baby driver is one of them that I really wanted to watch and it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like baby driver. I love it's, the way they use the music with, yeah, know, they use that as part it, of the story. It's so artistic. Um, in the sense that everything in the the whole movie's on beat. Huh. Um, yeah, it is. Like everything kind of goes to the music that's playing. Yep. Um, like you would see in like a commercial for something. You look like an action movie commercial, and they like drop the hammer or a sword at like the end of a yeah like dubstep thing. Uh, they're doing that through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool. I had so somebody you... tell me that if you watch that movie with headphones on, when he takes when he takes his headphone out. You supposedly you could hear like a little bit of ringing, like very. Oh really? Very huh. like because you know how he's got Some that tinnitus. Issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently you're supposed to the way the headphones work. It's actually supposed to sound as if like you're literally hearing what's inside his headphone if you listen to if you watch it with headphones as well. Supposedly that's crazy. Yeah, there was one point where you could hear the ringing. Yeah, really probably. I liked that. That was an interesting. The the way they use sound in that movie in general is just so cool. I will say too, you're when you start watching it, you're not gonna think you're like, oh, this looks really PG thirteen. <laughs> um, by the end of it, it's not. <laughs> it, it escalates quickly. Oh yeah. Um, and then it, nothing super bad, but uh, it escalates quickly. People die. For, <laughs> yeah, people die. Um, I was surprised. Nothing super bad. Nothing super bad <laughs> to someone who watches this kind of stuff all the time and. Is completely used to it. <laughs> Maybe not one for for your grandma. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
getting into the TV news. Uh, this one's really big, I think, for a lot of people. It's going to have that nostalgia factor to it. It's Charmed uh, is getting a reboot. And that was about the three witches. They were sisters. Uh, it was really Oh, big yeah, I loved it. They terrorized those kids in that town around Halloween time. That's wow. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope, not those three sisters. <laughs> three sisters that are witches. You, you lined it right up. If you go to Beauty and the Beast and talk about the little fairies, it would be really sad. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That was Beauty and the Beast. What do I think of? Sleeping Beauty. I'm thinking of Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, yeah. Yeah, um, Charmed was on not WB. That. <laughs> yeah, it was on WB. It's now on CW, which is basically the same company. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a. It reminded me a lot of Gilmore Girls. It came out around the same time as Gilmore. It was Girls. like a teen show kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I, I didn't watch Charmed, but I did watch Buffy. Okay. Yeah. It had this. Uh, I don't know how to put it. They had all this magic power. A lot of the mysticism, kind of life. Yeah, like they they didn't focus on the magic. It wasn't about the magic. It was about these three people doing modern day world life and like that mixed with this fantasy aspect to it. So yeah, Charm reboots happening. I had read somewhere. I didn't get a. I don't know where the source was, so I don't know how reliable it is. Uh, but it's gonna have kind of a feminist plot to it, though. It's about three witch sisters who are heroes. So, um, I don't know how feminist that is without being naturally pro-women are we surprised Uh, though right (laughs) yeah i mean it could be both ways it could be literally someone was um being over the top about a movie or a show literally about women yeah or uh it could have a very like it could have a feminist thing it wouldn't surprise me with today's climate yeah uh and then for everyone watching gotham i i need to watch the show i watched the first episode and i said no and i walked away (laughs) um and then, like a year later, two years later, I watched the performance of the character uh, Jerome. I don't remember the actor's name, but he does such an amazing job as Joker. Or not Joker. Uh, you think he's Joker. And you watch him kind of crack. He's got a very comic smile to him. Mm-hmm. It looks very much like the comic book Joker or what you'd see in the cartoons. But he was definitely channeling Heath Ledger in his crazy and so everyone has been really hoping that he's Joker. They've said many times that he is not the Joker. Uh, but David Mazuz, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He plays Bruce Wayne. I was almost going to say Bruce Willis. Uh, he plays Bruce Wayne in Gotham. Uh, had a real he hard says, time at Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> That's his story. That's how he became Batman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'd watch that show. Uh, <laughs> But he says that the real Joker will be revealed in Gotham. So that's really exciting for people who want to see that. But I think it's going to let a lot of people down that are really hoping that Jerome will secretly become the Joker. And that they've been led astray the whole time. Yeah. Uh, that people have been lying to him. But it does seem like Jerome is not the Joker. They which... they nod to that all the way in the first episode. Or it's like the first one of the first couple episodes I watched, Jerome was in it. And he... He was just a face that showed up really quick. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know, if, if you haven't watched the show, at least watch his performance. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what you would look up, but, like, Jerome cracking, uh, first becoming kind of crazy. I would just look up really Jerome cool. Gotham. <laughs> yeah. You definitely find uh, something. That actor is going places. There's been so many seasons now that I don't know if you would find the, the right clip, but it was the That's first true. time that he's he's being, like, interrogated, and it's... Maybe that would work. Jerome interrogation. Um, it's, it's so well done. He's such a wonderful actor. I've never seen him in anything else. But uh, that kid, because he looks like he's a teenager, um, is going to go places for sure. And then everyone's favorite show, Stranger Things. I made like three people mad just now because they were like, favorite show? I hate that show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Demons. It's overrated. Uh, Stranger Things will have a new evil, as they're putting it, uh, in the show. So, I don't know if that necessarily means that they're going to no longer have the Upside Down. We had the Upside Down uh, be a very prominent part in the last two seasons. And I can't imagine that it's going away. But I think that we're... What they're alluding to is that there's going to be another 
force at work in this show that it won't just be the upside down that they have to face which is cool <laughs> so would you say they're to, would you say they're turning our expectations upside down <laughs> perhaps <laughs> yeah. maybe things will get stranger That's bad, even to me <laughs> when joe thinks a pun's bad <laughs> that they're supposed to be <laughs> uh Stranger Things, I'm so excited for. Any kind of news that I get for it is exciting. Is yeah. To know that they're not going to uh, beat a dead horse is awesome. I hope that... I, it'd be really cool if we get a lot of different things going on, a lot of different supernatural stuff that kind of mm-hmm. all comes together in the end. Uh, I was going to say, if you want to watch somebody beat a dead horse, there's probably a YouTube video of that. <laughs> That's really sad. It's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be bad. I just got real dark. I'm ending the podcast, Joe. What are you? <laughs> it's like I'm done. <laughs> I got no more content to like follow with. <laughs> I'm not saying you should don't search for it, but there's probably somebody beating a dead horse. <laughs> and on that note, keep gaming. Oh, no, wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh yeah, that's that's for real it. That was where I was gonna take the day. So uh, <laughs> the pledge drive, March first. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of what? <laughs> we may have to edit. <laughs> no, I, I think this is wonderful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm ended there. Uh, don't go looking for look for Jerome. Don't go chasing interrogation waterfalls. Scene. <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go YouTube beat a dead horse. Yeah, look up Jerome. Don't look up beat a dead horse. Yeah, that's the moral message of, of the, the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we appreciate what you guys put up with on a on a weekly basis. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Joe, where can they find you at? Find me on Twitter at Joe Knows Games. LJ. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WarHeroLJ, and you can find me streaming on the Geeks Under Grace Twitch channel on Tuesday nights. And you can find me on, I'm going to go with Facebook.com slash Armor Cody. I got real preachy today. It, <laughs> felt, it felt good. Got, got a little message going on. It was cool. Doesn't always happen. Uh, <laughs> and LJ missed it. I did. I did. I LJ literally came in as I finished it up. And I was like, well, LJ's a really great example of it. He's doing what I just <laughs> I didn't said know what you anyway, were talking so. about, but I just said I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, LJ's got it. Uh, <laughs> he didn't need to listen. Appreciate the choir. <laughs> In closing, keep gaming, keep praying, and God bless. Peace. Adios.